Welcome to the Better Leaders League. I'm your host, Cecilia Gorman. I'm a coach and trainer who helps managers of all levels navigate the messy, challenging, and fulfilling work of leading a team. On this show, you'll feel like you're sitting down with a trusted friend and coach who's on your side, sharing real life leadership lessons designed to make your job as a manager just a bit easier. Folks in the league are committed to being better leaders, and since you're here and listening, that means you. Enjoy the episode. Hello there, it's Cecilia. Welcome to this podcast. And you know, I am a huge reader, and I have anywhere from three to five books going at any given time. And and that's probably conservatively. (laughs) I have like this app called Libby. So I have a book or two on there. Of course, there's Audible. And then I have my favorites that I get from the library or that I buy online. Um, So if you if you look at my nightstand right now, I think I have five books on my nightstand. And then I have one or two downstairs. And one in particular, um, I'm reading almost straight through. So normally when I have that many books, you know, I read a chapter or two of one and then I switch to the other. But there's one that I got last week that I am reading pretty full force. And the author's name is David Marquette. And the book is called Leadership is Language. The Hidden Power of What You Say and What You Don't. And gosh, I love it. And here's why I love it is because he gives us so many clues about the way we language ourselves as leaders, um, the way we phrase our sentences, the way we ask our questions, the way we use our words you know, forcefully or um, without question that kind of dictates the way the team operates. And, and so I'm becoming really, really fascinated, not only with this book, but just this idea of how can we be better communicators as managers and as leaders. And this author, David Marquette, had previously written a book called Turn the Ship Around. So I instantly put that in my Amazon queue because I want to read that book. But he, he references this ship in the, his new book. And the ship is um, called the El Faro. And the entire book of Turn the Ship Around talks about kind of the, the tragedy of what happened to this ship because of the lack of communication. And so he goes deeper into what language was used by the captain of the ship, the, the upper seaman, and how it led to the tragedy, which I'll be a spoiler for you, the ship actually sinks. So the story starts out in uh, 2015. So it was in the fall of 2015. And El Faro was a cargo ship. And you know, those ships are huge and they have the, 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 the huge big cargo bins on the back that, you know, come off of semi-trucks. And they were doing a route that they had kind of become experts in. And the route was from the northeast corner of Florida, down at, down in the south of Florida, to San Juan, which is a city on the island of Puerto Rico. And that's a 1,300-mile trek. And they had done it back and forth and back and forth. And so they were very familiar with the route. But what, what's fascinating about it is that the book dissects the conversations that happened between the captain and the crew from... Um, when they left port and when they were scheduled to get to San Juan. And the interesting thing or the, the, <laughs> the tragic thing that happened to the ship was that a hurricane was brewing out in the ocean. So they knew this when they were getting ready to depart. And they just thought, well, we'll, we'll kind of wait and see what the hurricane does. And, and then we'll, we'll decide what we're going to do from there. Well, if you look at um, Florida and the route, and excuse me, it wasn't the 
the south part of Florida. It was actually up near Jacksonville. So it was still on the on the eastern side um, of Florida, but it was actually up pretty near the top of Florida from where they were originating. Now there's two points that you can decide what route you're gonna take to Puerto Rico. One of them goes on the east side of the Bahamas and one of them goes on the west side of Bahamas. And if you're sailing a ship between those two destinations, you kind of decide what side you wanna be on. Now, it's a straighter shot if you go on the east side, um, but if you go on the west side, then you're protected by those islands. And in the case of a hurricane or a storm approaching, well, you might wanna be protected. And so the book gets into what happened. And the only reason why they know what happened to the ship is because they were able to recover the voice recorder from the ship after it sank. And they had transcripts of every conversation that happened between the captain and the seamen um, uh, at the bridge when they were sailing the ship. And oh my goodness, I'm telling you, you got to read this book. But what one of the points he makes is actually something that I use with my coaching clients. When we're talking about you know, maybe there's somebody who is, is really expressive at work. Maybe they're they're over talkative and they don't let people get a word in edgewise. And perhaps that's a, that's the point that we're, the person's getting coached on. One of the tricks that I tell them is, hey, do a percentage audit of yourself. And that means when you're in a meeting, and whether that's in person or that's online, in the in the top corner of your notepad, write a percentage sign and then just pay attention to yourself. And as the meeting's going along, when you get to the end of it, write a percentage of time that you were speaking. <laughs> were you speaking 90% of the time? Were you not speaking up at all and you spoke 2% of the time? And, and by putting this percentage indicator on your notes, you pay attention to, am I being dominating or, or domineering in this conversation and not letting other people get a word in edgewise? So that's just an indicator. And the book calls it share of voice, <laughs> share of voice. And what they realized was that in most of the conversations that were happening on the bridge, the captain had the largest share of voice. He was speaking the most, he was directing the most, and he was not giving the space for the underclassmen to speak up. And, and mind you, everybody was nervous about this storm. Everyone seemingly except the captain, because when the captain left the bridge, then the, the, everyone became talkative. Everybody was talking about the storm and, oh my goodness, should we be doing this and et cetera, et cetera. And so share of voice is an interesting thing for us to be thinking about as managers. Are we overrunning on the conversations? Is our percentage 60, 70, 80, 90%, 100% in these conversations? And, and what does that do to the outcome of, of the situation? Now, friends, there might be times when speaking 100% of the time is... Uh, right and and for the situation in front of you. I don't know, maybe the building's on fire and you don't want any space for a response. So share of conversation is, is one of the things that this book gets into and becomes very fascinating for us to do some self-reflection. Now, the other thing they talk about is the way we form our sentences. And a lot of times we can lead a conversation and if we're in a hierarchical position, so we're the manager over a team, our position is higher than others. A lot of times people can be intimidated by how we lead into a conversation. Now, let me give you a, 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 an example, like just a, a simple example. Let's say you go to the movies and you come out of the movies with your, your spouse, your friend, your child, whoever you went to the movies with. And the first thing you say is, oh my gosh, that movie was so good. What did you think? <laughs> and so automatically we have tainted the conversation with the the decision 
that the movie was so good. And so what that does to the other person is it, 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 it like reduces the space they have to disagree. Now you might say, well, if I said that to my husband or my wife, they would totally disagree and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you thought it was good. I thought it was horrible. They may have the trust in the relationship and the comfort with, with their relationship with you to be able to say that. But if you think of it in, in a subordinate relationship, you coming right out to, to, to lead the conversation the way you want it to go, people might not be as confident to counter you. Um, so another example they gave is if we ask a question and then we answer it right away. So, hey, what do you want to do with that deck? Revise it? <laughs> hey, what do you want to do with that client call? Have it in person? And so we ask a question, but then immediately afterwards we give the answer. And so we, again, might not give the space for somebody to think differently. So when we're leading a question or when we're answering our own question, or perhaps we're even setting up our questions with the answer built right in. So if we said something like, hey, everything going good with that client? Everything great with that project? <laughs> so we're begging the answer. We're, we're saying it must be good. It must be great. And again, you have to imagine being in a subordinate, being in a situation where perhaps they don't feel comfortable speaking up. So for the captain of the Alfaro, one of the things that he said was, hey, we'll just have to tough this one out. We're just going to have to tough this one out. So he's speaking in regard to the storm and the storm, friends, is getting worse. <laughs> so there's two decision points where you can decide to go east or west of the Bahamas. So the first decision point is right out of the gate, right right after you leave the port. So they they stayed on the east track. Well, there's a second decision point about halfway down to San Juan where you can kind of tuck in and get to the other side of the Bahamas. And so when they're nearing that, the captain says, oh, so we're just going to have to tough this one out. Basically, he's telling them like it is. He's telling them I'm sticking with my decision. So potentially what the captain could have said is, well, we could tough this one out, but man, I don't know about these conditions. You know, the odds aren't great right now. So what that does is it allows space for contradiction. It, it opens up the door to the captain saying, hey, I made this decision, but friends, I don't know now that these conditions have changed and that the, his original decision needs to be reevaluated. So here's some good questions for managers um, to start using to open that same door to say, if we're talking about a project, if we're talking about something, what is a good question a manager could ask that leaves the space for someone to disagree, to contradict, to bring up new information, to raise their hand and say, I don't know about this. So one of those questions is, hey, what are we missing? How might this go wrong? Hey, if we did do it this way and it goes south, what is most likely to have been the culprit for that? And so there's, there's ways that we can phrase questions that invite people in. So the way that we language it, um, maybe more things like, hey, you seem hesitant. What are you thinking? Right. So we might notice that somebody is countering us. What are you thinking? Hey, let's revisit this decision that we made. Hey, tell me what's, what's giving you pause right here. And the, the final thing that I thought was really interesting in this book was actually a pause to give the space for people to speak up, to actually call a timeout. And that the author is suggesting that we name the timeout, we plan the timeout, and we, we schedule it in along the journey so that we don't get three quarters of the way to San Juan and realize the ship is sinking. So we say, hey, listen, in two days, we're going to check back in and see how things are going. 
hey, after we work on this for an hour, let's let's ask a few questions about whether this is still the right way to go. So we schedule a pause, we plan a pause, we call it a pause, and then we know that that's the time we're going to rethink into things. Now, this doesn't have to be time consuming. It doesn't have to be a drag on the project, but it's a simple way to say in our process, we allow all voices to be heard. Now, if you want to learn more about this language of leaders and especially about the El Faro, I, I suggest you get this book because it's fascinating and maybe also get Turn the Ship Around. There's so many more nuggets in here, but share of voice, you know, are you as a manager speaking in a percentage that doesn't allow airspace for anyone else? Are we leading our sentences? Are we saying things in a way that doesn't make people comfortable to counteract or contradict? And are we asking good questions to allow people to step into that space? Are we being a little bit vulnerable with the decisions that we made? Are we, are we being humble to say, hey, I don't know everything. Make sure we're speaking up. So friends, do some thinking about this topic. See how it might apply to you. And, and steal the percentage tool if you need it. In your next meeting, on your next call, write that little percentage line in the top right-hand corner and, and start to audit how you might be showing up in the way that you language your leadership. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And I have to ask you, what's your takeaway? There was something in this lesson that was meant for your ears, for you right now, as it applies to your leadership and, and the current team that you lead. So I encourage you to spend a few minutes thinking about what you heard today and how it applies to you. And if it makes you think of any other managers or leaders who might benefit from this lesson, will you share it for me? That would be helpful, as would you rating and reviewing this podcast on my behalf. I'm happy you showed up today and took some time to invest in you. Again, my name is Cecilia Gorman. If we're not already connected on LinkedIn, send me a note. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested in hearing more about what the Better Leaders League is up to, you can find us at betterleadersleague.com. And remember, always believe in better.